Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another Sparting 160 EN podcast. This is podcast number 38, and uh, we got a good one today. Uh, let me go straight Woo. to the panel uh, with the regulars. Uh, Steph, Steph, how you doing, bro? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. I mean, uh, we got a gift from this from uh, from this guy, but I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not complaining. That that was a bullshit penalty, and we'll talk about it. But sure. hey, I, I'll take it. All the other teams take it. Why shouldn't we take it? Yeah, exactly. I'm also joined by Christian. Chris, how you doing, bro? I'm doing good. SCP sock on penalties. 12 PKs <laughs> this season, more than any other team, baby. Very real. And uh, we're also joined by a very special guest over in the UK. We're joined by my boy, Chris. Chris, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me for this podcast. Very excited. Hey, and thank you for coming on, man. We're very excited to have you on, too. And uh, before we get into the Boa Vista game, Steph, I'm going to pass it off to you. Uh, you're going to put uh, Chris on the uh, hot seat, bro. Here we go. Here we go, Chris. Are you set, Chris? I am. Uh, don't be too harsh on me. No, <laughs> no, of course not. No, of course I won't be. So, listen, a couple of questions. Um, who was your biggest influence uh, uh, for you to be a Sporting Gista today? Uh, it's difficult because um, my I've got two two twin brothers. One supports Porto, the other one supports Benfica. And um, I was I was a little kid. I like to be different, and um, my family doesn't follow football much. So I said, uh, let me go with Sporting. I also like green. So so that's how I started when I was two or three, something. Okay, you know what? That was very smart of you. Yeah, the just... best decision you made, bro. <laughs> in, your, in, your whole, in your whole life, yeah. You're the smartest one uh, out of all of three. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, who's, uh, who's your favorite uh, Sporting player of all time? Um, in the present time, past um, time? Oh, okay. So there's Ronaldo, like the guy we are proud to make. Uh, but if I think of my favorite player of all time, it would be uh, I think Liedson was was good when he was there. No, that's a good choice. I mean, Liedson Liedson was a great player at Sporting. I didn't mm. like when he went to Porto personally. Of but course, it, it is what it is. Uh, and yeah, then, okay. uh, yeah, have you been to uh, Stadzavalad? Oh, no, no. Um, when I, when I live in UK, but when I live in Portugal, uh, I actually come from a poor background, so my mother never could afford to take me to the stadium. But I am definitely going soon, okay. Uh, this okay. year, I'm glad to go. What was the most memorable, memorable game that you uh, recall? Uh, the um, Portuguese League Cup. Sporting against Benfica, we were two 0 down by halftime. Mm. I I couldn't eat uh, I couldn't eat dinner. I was just upset, and then we turned it around and won five three. Yeah, that was a crazy game. Yeah, <laughs> that was a crazy game. I remember yeah, that, that game too. Yeah, that was a good game. Yeah, okay, okay. Now, last mm -hmm. but not, not last but not least, um, uh, one. This is a tough question. I hope you know this question. Okay, when was uh, us? <laughs> When was Sporting founded? Oh, uh, come on. 1906. Uh, there okay. you go. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I was scared. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> no, I, I didn't want to be too harsh on you. And uh, that's it. You, you, you off the hot seat. Oh, thank well, you. 
<laughs> well, well done, bro. Well done. And uh, we'll go straight into the uh, the game from yesterday. Uh, I'll uh, go through the starting 11. Spartan obviously won 2-1 against Boavista at the Bessa. Um, so our, our, our 11 was as followed. We had Renan Ribeiro and Net, Ristovsky, Sebastian Quatsch, Mathieu and Borja. And defense, we had um, in the midfield, we had Wendell, Gudeli and uh, Bruno Fernandes. With Rafinha Queen on the wings and uh, Luis Philippe uh, as the sh- main striker. Uh, Chris, I'll start it off with you, man. How, what did you think of the game last night? Um, um, oh, which oh, Chris? Sorry, <laughs> the other Chris, bro. No, you're Christian today, man. Okay, okay, I gotta remember that. Confusing. But yeah. Sorry, bro. <laughs> we we uh used to score the goal. I, I don't. They, they they don't even know how they scored. But it was a lucky yeah. goal. Um, and then we we drew 1-0. But then I felt like we didn't do enough because um, Kaiser said uh, all he wanted was us to rest. He wanted rest because the team was tired. He had a whole week. I was expecting them to go to Boa Vista with a lot of, of attitude, trying to get an early goal. School, it may, it maybe even score three, five goals. Not, not five, sorry, two, three goals the first half. But I don't think that's what I saw. Mm-hmm. They were more content and with a slow, the game was slow. And um, we got that penalty at the end, which <laughs> I was like, okay, so that's, okay. That's, not, that's a nice gift. But yeah, I feel like um, I'm, ha- I'm very happy for the three points. But I feel like we could have done better and uh, we were lucky. Yeah, agreed. And uh, Christian, I'll pass it off to you now. What did you think of the game? Yeah, um, you know, outside of, you know, the, the their goal in the first couple of minutes, I actually thought that we opened the game uh, pretty dominantly. Um, we had much more possession. Um, and, um, I mean, we didn't, we didn't create a million chances, but we were clearly uh, the better team. Um, and then uh, we, did, we did get that goal. Um, uh, I'm not sure if it was Acuna or if it went down as an own goal officially. I think it might have been an own goal, but I mean, yeah. if, if he didn't touch it, I think or Acuna was right there on an open net. Um, uh, a great bit of uh, of individual skill by Rafinha there to set it up. And then you know, you know, Bovista, much like a lot of the teams that that we play against, they they didn't really um, open themselves up uh, a whole lot. They weren't that threatening. Um, that one guy who, who was playing on the wing um, who split his head open and had to wear a uh, like a, a swimming uh, wet cap. Um, Sour, I think his name was. He was probably their most dynamic threat going forward, and he did cause us some problems throughout the game. Um, I think that might have been his first game as well. Not sure where he came from, but he was he was not bad. Not a bad signing for them. Um, he did throw himself down on a couple of occasions. Uh, Danny, I think you said on Twitter, like he's wearing a swim cap. He thinks he's like on the swim team now or something Buddy. to that effect. Like so, I dove more times than I'd seen Michael Phelps dive. Now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He was, he was flopping around, but he was in his defense. He, he was uh, probably their most dynamic threat going yeah, forward. For sure. and, he, and he had a decent game. <clears throat> and then uh, into the second half, Bovista kind of grew into the game more. Um, oh, I forgot to mention that Philippe. Uh, header uh, off the post yeah. uh, right before halftime. That was that was bad. Um, and then yeah, Bovista uh, played a little bit better in the second half. Um, it it wasn't 
like the Meditimu game in the sense that it felt like the goal was coming and we were knocking on the door. Um, we we weren't we weren't really that impressive. Um, and then yeah, uh, as Chris said, you know, totally totally bailed out by the referee at the end. Um, referee doesn't even doesn't even go to look at it. He just trusts the guy uh, in his ear. <laughs> uh, it's a uh, it's pretty pretty soft PK, about as soft as they come. And uh, you know we're fortunate to uh, walk out of there with uh, with three points, especially since we we're uh, consistently so horrible on the road. Um, it probably should have been another game that we dropped points on the road, but uh, we're very fortunate. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Steph, what about you? What are your thoughts of the game? Well, it's um, um I, I I'm going to piggyback off um, Chris and Chris. <laughs> um, they they should they should open a uh, a liquor store together, Chris and Chris liquor store. <laughs> Um, but um, the game actually I thought Sporting if a team had to win it had to be Sporting we created more opportunities if I I can count it correctly we had like six or seven amazing opportunities to score goals we had the the own goal by Edu Mishado if if Edu Mishado didn't try to cut to to to, uh, block the the shot uh, Acuna would have scored anyway uh, then yeah. we had we had the header from uh, from Fleep. I don't know how the fuck he misses that. Um, Me neither. I mean, I think he was uh, he was going for the Bacalhau. <laughs> Uh Then we had Kuwats, a couple headers. He, he played really, really, really offensively, amazingly, um, and that was a smart move by by Kaiser. I don't know if it was intentional, but he had a couple headers inside the box. Um, off, off the pitch and then going towards the goalie and just mincing, missing it by a, a few inches. Then you had that bicycle kick, which I'm amazing that Chris and Chris didn't mention it. By, uh, by Bruno Fernandes. What a save by the fucking goalie. I couldn't believe it. it yeah. like, he, like he grew wings all of a sudden. Um, Rafinha also had a couple of chances. Um, Diaby, he was terrible. I hate to say it, but he was. Um, but Bruno Fernandes, he had a cup. He had a quick, a quick play on top of uh, of the box, where he got a great shot, and the goalie was there again. Uh, so Sporting, you know, uh, I know, I know, we got a gift with the penalty. I, I I'll admit to that, and most Sporting geese, ninety nine point nine Sporting geese, will admit that. Will the Benfica and Portistas ever will admit that? I don't think so. Uh, but that's why we're different as fans. Uh, <laughs> but. But in the in the overall picture of the game, uh, because I see a lot of Benfica's and Portistas harping on, oh, you guys got a gift. Yeah, we did get a gift. But if you if you look at the whole game and 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 don't summarize it to just one fucking play, the PK, because yeah. that, that's that's all they're doing. If you go on yeah. Twitter, Facebook, they're only focusing on the goddamn penalty. And and it's be, the, it's because they didn't watch the game. They just watched that one play and they're like, oh, for your Exactly. And to me, that's annoying because yeah. the better team was Sporting. Granted, yeah. we got a gift that that PK shouldn't have been a PK. But guess what? Sometimes, hey, uh, you know, I like to say it. the player is at fault. Why the fuck would he put his hand when the play the play was dead? The play was the ball was going away from the goalie. Why would he hold his shoulder? Why would he touch his face? It, it was too risky. In our days, there's a VAR. So the VAR, all they see is it's a, a hand holding his shoulder, hitting his face partially. They don't look at the intensity, 
how do you measure the intensity of of a grab? I, yeah. I want I want you guys to explain that to me. Do they have a like a a, a meter or a radar? They 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 oh, when he pushed him, he pushed him at twenty five percent. There's no such thing. So if people want to get upset, they should be upset at the Boavista player because he created that situation. He put himself in the spot position, and he put the referee in the in the, in, the, in the top position, Pinheiro. So then the VAR consulted, and the conversation must have been really simple. Did you see a grab? Did he grab his shoulder? Yes. Did he touch his face? Yes. And then again, you're a professional player. You see the ball going away. Why would you make such a... And then I have a lot of Bifikistas uh, friends that say, oh, that's a normal play from a defender. I'm like, no, that's a dumb play from a defender. You should know better. You should, you should see, look around and say, oh, the ball is going towards the corner. I don't have to, to grab him or gain position on him because the ball is dead. Anyway, uh, at the end of the day, I'm happy we won, even if it, if it was a, a gift from this guy. Fuck them. Yeah, for real. Um, quickly, we'll, we'll go through the game. Sorry about the phone ringing in the background. Um, Bovista's first goal. Um, Chris, I'll, I'll give it to you. What, one, what, what went wrong uh, in terms defensively and all of that? Um, and two, could we argue that maybe it was offside? What do you think? Um, I think it was just on the line. Um, it was a um, lucky touch. And I think he saw the ball coming and he flicked his foot. And luckily, um, the ball the ball went went uh, went in for Bovista. Yeah, um, I think yes, so much should have been with him, but uh, the ball the ball fell on him. It wasn't it wasn't like a major play. The ball like luckily fell on him, and he was quick to react. Uh, I've actually got the thing here. I actually got the 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 highlights in front of me. I think someone has the ball. The ball falls on his feet and is very quick to react. So it's uh, I don't think we can blame anyone. Uh, we cannot blame the keeper, and I think they they were they were lucky. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you there. And um, uh, actually, last question on that one play, Chris. Um, Luis, can we blame Luis Philippe for, for playing the man onside? Or yeah. on the line? Well, mm-hmm. yeah, poss- possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I agreed. I think that was poor, um, poor positioning from him there. Um, yeah. Uh, next question, I'll give it to you, Christian. Um, the own goal from from Edu Machado. Um, how much of that is 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 um, on Rafinha's uh, shoulders? And I mean, I, I know we've been sort of asking it for it for a while now, but should Rafinha start each game? Like, wh- what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, I definitely think that Rafinha should be starting regularly. Um, you know, if you look at his performances recently. He's consistently one of the better players on the field, and yesterday was was no exception. Um, he, uh, I think, he had our the second highest rating uh, on our team um, behind. Uh, or I think it was Kowatz, Bruno Fernandes, and then Rafinha. So I mean, he's constantly been performing uh, uh, as as a man of the match candidate the the last like four games that he's played. Um, so I, I definitely think that he should continue starting. And then, uh, I mean, not not for nothing, but, I mean, Diaby did come in for, like, 15 minutes uh, t- today, and he, he was not great. Um, I think a lot of people are, are 
rightfully frustrated with his performances you know, just overall. I mean, he's had a couple nice moments within games, but overall his complete game isn't really uh, anything to write home about. Um, so I definitely think that rushing uh, should definitely be uh, the regular starter uh, on the right wing. Yeah, um, agreed as well. Um, Steph, um, after that, the 1-1, um, we sort of went 2 nothing up from a Rafinha header. Uh, it was called offside. Um, a, another tough decision. Uh, what are your thoughts? The right, right call or, or should we have gotten that goal count? Definitely the right call. Um, I don't know if you guys, um, which channel do you, do you watch the games? I usually use uh, Sporting TV. And I, I know Chris does it now too. Uh, so, but at the end of the game, they have what they call Ujuiz final. Hello? Yeah, I yeah, can yeah hear you. we hear you. We hear you. Okay. So, at the end of the game, they have what they call Ujuiz final. And then they have like uh, 12 cameras, the different angles. And then. I know most people, after the game is over, they turn off the TV. But actually, I like to, to listen to the flash interviews uh, to both players from uh, both teams and the coaches. And, and then they have an ex- a, 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 supposedly, okay, in, uh, in quotes, an expert in uh, analyzing critical plays like these ones. And they mention all the plays that you just mentioned. It's funny. But uh, all the three questions... It was part of uh, the Juiz final. And, and then they, they gave a, 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 a couple of pointers, which I want you guys to, to learn from it. So they used the lines, the, the back line by the goalie and the, the line from the small box. In the, in the first play that you asked uh, Chris, Chris number one, not Chris number two, uh, about the, uh, the goal being offside for, for Boavista, they used the, the, the line, uh, Luis Philippe, if you look at the line by from the small box at top, the top of the line, Luis Philippe was further away than the Bovista player, and that's how they they measure it. And they were right on, right on the spot. And they they freeze when when the the, the player touches the ball for the assist, and that's when it's determined if it's offside or not. And then they look at that, and then the Sporting the Rafinha goal, uh, which was uh, cancelled properly. Rafinha was offside. If you look at, at, the, at the, uh, the, the, the bottom line, um, he, he was totally offside. Not by a lot, but that's a good, good measurement scale they're using. They're using the lines in their favor to make adjustment. Um, and then if people take their time to actually listen to them, you know, they, they'll see that the VAR is right on the money with a lot of calls, even on the PK. Uh, but yes, that was a the the goal was was canceled and that was the proper call. All right, fair enough. Um, and uh, really, my last talking point we, we're all going to get a say in this really um, is the uh, is the penalty decision. Um, I, you know, it, it, it's definitely a hard one to call. Um, but uh, Chris, I'll start with you first. Chris, what, what are your thoughts? Was it a penalty? Is it a given? Is it a soft penalty? Uh, what do you think? Okay. Um, so when I saw the penalty for the first time, I I was like, wait, what happened here? Then we saw the repetition. Um, I felt like initially yesterday, I felt I felt like it was a gift. I felt like um, 
if I was a referee initially, I thought I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say it was a penalty. But then today, I had a look again, um, and, th- and there's a foul. If this was somewhere somewhere else on the pitch, where Rafinha was, Rafinha tried to run for the ball. Rafinha never gives up, does he? So he tried to run for the ball, tried to recover it, and then the uh, Boavista's players kind of stops him. And you can see by the movement that he did intentionally stop him. So it's a bit soft, but then again, it's not it's not a ghost penalty. There is something there. It's not sure. like it was made up or anything. So, so there 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 is there is um there is a touch that stops Rafinha from uh from from playing. So I feel like yes, uh we could we could accept it. Uh, yes, there was a bit more. Uh, I feel I think it's not a penalty, but today I feel I feel like it's a bit lucky. But yes, we, I think I feel like we deserved it. Especially as others said, we played very well. We deserved to win that game. Yeah, agreed. And uh, Christian, same question: penalty, soft call. What do you think? Because uh, then I'm going to play devil's advocate, maybe potentially. Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, I don't really think it's a penalty kick. Uh, uh, Rafinha definitely sells it. Uh, yeah. sells it the best that he can. Um, the part that I don't really get about it is that the referee called it right away. He called it right away. He didn't. He didn't mull it over or with anything. He just he called it right away. Yeah. Then he listened in his ear and he, d- he decided that it, it wasn't even worth taking a look at. That's how obvious it was. See, to me, it, it's not. It's it's borderline not even a penalty. So if something's borderline not even a penalty, it's definitely worth taking a peek at. So I, I don't understand uh, that decision uh, of it. I mean, maybe if he takes a look at it, he comes back and says it's not a penalty. So, I mean, I guess I'm glad he didn't take a look at it. But <laughs> yeah. just the, pro- the protocol that went into that decision it didn't make much sense to me. Um, and uh, Boavista today, they, they, were, they were like, I mean, obviously it's not going to happen because they're not Porto or Philippe Vieira. So them requesting to hear the audio between the ref and the VAR uh, obviously isn't going to come out, but I mean that it would be interesting to hear that, what that what went on with that conversation. Um, I'd love to know what was what was being talked about that was so conclusive that they decided that it was the right call and they, they didn't need to look at it. So that, that's my two cents. Fair. And uh, before I pass it off to Steph, I'm sort of going to play devil's advocate a bit because there is an argument going around and I kind of see it and, and kind of agree with it though I do believe it was a very soft call and that uh like you said Christian that you know uh Rafinha sort of plays into it a bit or, or, or play acts a bit but any other part of the field that's a foul regardless of whether it's soft or not there's contact to the face you know oh my god whoever keeps calling my house is super annoying I'm sorry about that guys <laughs> um uh, what was I saying yeah so any part, any other part of the field, that's a free kick. That's a, you know, whatever. So why couldn't that be a penalty? Uh, Steph, thoughts? What do you, what do you think, bro? I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've already spoke about that, but you know, uh, I don't want to take too much, uh, too much more time on this. But the, the, the problem is with that, with our society, with the, the fans, is they still focus in, in, uh, in looking at the intensity of the play. And sometimes all it takes is a little touch to disequilibrate the jogador, and that's and that's uh, that's what I, that's what happened with between Rafinha and the the Boavista player. But if you take a step back, really take a step back, and you look at the play on replay, 
you can you can look in regular time, replay, whatever, slow motion, whatever. You can control it at home if you want to. So when you look at the play, the ball is going away. So if I'm Litus, if I'm the coach of Bovista, I'm going to be pissed with my defender. I'm going to tell him, why the fuck would you put the, your, would you hold his shoulder? Why, the, why would you slap him on the face? Even if the intensity is not a, a whole lot. But you gave the referee a reason to call a PK because the intention is there. Sometimes it's, it's the perception of things. And then he fooled the referee. He gave the, he gave the referee the perception that he held his shoulder, which he did. I don't give a shit about the intensity. And he touched his face. One, the ball was going away towards the corner. It was not even going towards the goalie. It was going away. So if you are a professional, we're talking about the first Portuguese, the first league of Portugal. We're not talking about Segunda Divisão, or Terceira Divisão, or the street types. Am I correct? So, so if you play at that level, it means that you're able to control your emotions better. You're more professional on your decision making, which sometimes you may have to make a decision decision in a second. So, so uh, the fans, instead of focusing so much on the referee. They should also focus on the Bovista player. He's the one that created that whole situation. He's the one that initiated a doubt for the referee to call the, the PK. The VAR, they said they confirmed it to Pinheiro. I'm assuming because I, I didn't hear the conversation. Yes, he grabbed him on the shoulder. And then Rafinha, being a, the player that he is, he felt the contact and he fell on the ground. If he sold it or not. Hey, great, great play by Rafinha. But let's say that the Bovista player didn't grab him. Let's say the Bovista player didn't slap him on the face slightly. Then we wouldn't have this conversation. This conversation <laughs> wouldn't even happen. So the, the, the whole play was created by a bad decision, a bad decision making by the Bovista player, which should know better because he's a professional player. Enough is enough. The VAR cannot control the intensity of things. So the VAR just confirmed to Pinheiro, sim, agarrou no ombro, sim, deu-lhe na cara. And that's what Pinheiro had to, to hear. He doesn't have to double-check. If he believes his counterpart in the VAR, which the VAR referee is a referee, he's, he's they just rotating. Next time, Pinheiro could be the VAR referee on the next game against whatever. So that referee that said, sim, a penalty, ele agarrou, ele bateu na cara. In the protocol, the VAR doesn't, it doesn't talk about intensity. It just talks about, did he grab him? Did he hit him in the face? Did he stop him for him to progressing to win the play? And it was, it's a yes. And that's why he called it PK. Now, was it a soft PK? Yes, it was. Of course it was, because we've seen worse PKs than that not being called. But now there's the VAR in play. And when there's the VAR in play, now it's part of the coaching staff to brief their players to stop making these silly mistakes. And I hate to say it, but that's the new, that's the new technology and that's the new era. So to all the, the, the fans and coaches and players, adapt. You have to adapt. That's all. Yeah, fair enough. And um, so my next question really is... Uh, you know, sort of on this penalty decision. Again, I'll ask all three of you guys, like, 
how can we fix it? Because this isn't the first time we've seen a poor decision um, called with VAR, without VAR in Portugal. This isn't, it's not only new to us. Obviously, we, we know our, our, our rivals have benefited. Um, even today, um, Tondela against uh, Stubal or Stubal Tondela, whatever it was, there was a clear penalty not given. So, so I ask you guys, what has to be done to, to, to sort of, you know, get this out of, out of the league? Because this poor officiating is just bringing our name through the mud. Um, Chris, I'll start it off with you before moving on to everybody else. What, what do you think? How can we solve this 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 issue in Portugal? Okay, so uh, I believe the referees are humans, aren't they? Uh, so they will make mistakes. We we you you can add technology, the VAR, which helps to uh, minimize those mistakes. Uh, and I think the VAR has been very good. Um, a lot of times, things that appear obvious when you have a look again that they are incorrect and but there will always be uh, some cases where it's very hard with VAR or without VAR it will be hard for for the person uh, the VAR the, the guy on the screen to call and also the referee when he goes and have a look because it's like let's say because uh, it's not just like black and white penalty or not penalty you have like a, um, how, do, how do I say? You have, um, it's like levels. Imagine zero is like no touch, no, no, nothing. And 10 is uh, a, a big foul. So sometimes it can be towards zero, one, two, three. So where do you draw the line? It's, it's very hard. Um, as Steph said, there is definitely a touch. Um, in football, things happen very quickly. Rafinha was going to chase the ball, and um, that touch, I believe, that would delay him for at least one two seconds. And one two seconds, maybe that would be enough for the ball to go out. And if you got that ball, maybe you could do something with it. So we'll never know. Um, was it was it light? Yeah, it, it wouldn't be. Uh, if from one to ten, let's say zero, it's no touch at all. Uh, one is a dive, two is like a minimal touch, three is like I'd I'd say it would be like a three, three or four. But the, the touch, the 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 physical contact is there. The it kind of stops Rafia. It stops this momentum. He was about to turn and run. It kind of delayed him a little bit. It was soft. Yes, uh, yesterday I yes mm -hmm. I, I saw it on on the, on the on the TV. So I was like. Okay, that's not a penalty. But then mm -hmm. today I reviewed it a few times, and I was like, "Yes, actually, this 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 is a penalty." Um, but yeah, uh, but your your question was how 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 to help that? I think it's hard. Uh, it's human error, and then also people have different opinions. Uh, there's there's a there's us here, and not everyone agrees. So um, it's it's hard for the referee as well. So I'd say whenever they make bad decisions that are obvious, yes, there have to be pressures and um, people have to complain, etc. And in cases like this, as long as the referee says his criteria, his criteria will be, oh, there was touch, there's a penalty. Uh, another referee would be, oh, there has to be a significant touch, intensity, with intensity. That, uh, so different referees will have different criterias. So... Um, the only way would be to try to make every referee have the same criteria, but is that possible? I'm not sure. Uh, for them to analyze everything the same way. But then again, everyone's different. Everyone thinks for themselves. 
so they will have different opinions. Um, but yeah, human, human can, humans can make errors as well. So um, I feel like I feel like uh, it's hard with decisions like this. But for obvious ones, of course, there has to be more. Mm-hmm. There has to be more, let's say, retraining and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. And uh, Christian, I'll pass off the same question. Um, what what needs to what needs to be done maybe to to improve uh, um, the level? Because like Chris was saying, of course we're not expecting these referees to be to be perfect. Because uh, absolutely, uh, you know, mistakes will happen. That's you know, it's, it's we're human. Um, but there definitely needs, like Chris was saying, there definitely needs to be sort of a, a, a consistency uh, in the decision. So what maybe needs to be implemented to or, or, you know, what do you think needs to be done to, to, to have this sort of consistency in, in terms of officiating? Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously difficult. And um, you can even see it, uh, it, not just in our league, but in other leagues. I mean, there was major, major controversy that went down in the Champions League this week True. as a result of the VAR. So I think it's more of a VAR issue than it is a a Portuguese league issue. Um, you know, it's a relatively new system and they're still working out the, the mm-hmm. logistics mm-hmm. of it all. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. Chris, a good point. Chris, Chris made a good point as well about like the scale kind of, and yeah, yeah it's like, what are you going to draw the line? Like is if it's four or lower, we're not calling it. If it's a four, if it's a three or lower in the last 20 minutes, we're not calling it. Yeah. Like, if we're going to call it in the last in stoppage time, it's got to be at least a seven. It's like you're setting yourself up with these arbitrary kind of non-objective ways to analyze these plays. And, you know, another thing too, it's like with the VAR and looking at certain things in slow motion, it makes sometimes a, a, a light shove look far more egregious than it actually uh, is if you watch it like in, in full speed, you know, regular speed. And then if you slow it down, it's like, oh, man, his arm is extending. It really looks like he's pushing him, you know? So there's that There's that part of it, too. But, I mean, it's, it's difficult. I definitely think that we're better off with it than without it. So I, I don't, I'm not one of those no VAR type people because I, I think nine times out of ten offside goals are, are ruled correctly with it. Um, and, you know, sometimes there's still controversy, but, I mean – before it, I mean, you could be two steps offside and there's no way to, for anyone to ever know. It's all on the assistant referee in that moment, you know, to make a snap decision. So I definitely think we're better off with that. I mean, penalties, <laughs> the handballs, things like that, that's where we're in more of a, a gray zone. Um, uh, you know, you had a guy turning his back this week um, and they're they're calling a PK. And, you know, it's – and that that's that's a – that's a $15 million handball right there because that is advancement to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. I mean, this is a big fucking deal, you know? Um, so I, I don't really have a solution other than kind of I think that FIFA, UEFA need to get together and, you know, have a meeting and they kind of need to draw out like, okay, handball. Like this is this is what constitutes a handball. Like, you know, in, in, in or, um, obstruction because that's basically what their finger penalty was, obstruction. Like this is what it this is what it has to be, and I mean they're not always going to get it right, but I think that if we can get it right at a, you know at a higher rate than we were before, then then that's a success. 
you know, a success isn't a hundred percent accuracy because that was never going to happen, you know? Um, but if we were at 67% accuracy without the VAR and now we're up to 79% accuracy, I mean, it is an improvement. I mean, obviously you want it to be right a hundred percent of the time, but I, you know, as I mentioned before with humans, you're, you're never going to get that. So, so I think about it. Sorry, I was talking on mute for a bit. Yeah, um, and and Steph, same same question. Uh, what do you think? Well, uh, let's let's talk about the obvious. We all know that, uh, like Chris and Chris said, that uh, um, the VAR is a new technology that just just came into the football world. So it, it needs to develop. It needs to adapt. And it's it's not as easy that the, the 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 way people thought it was. People thought, oh, we're just gonna watch it on replay, and it'll make things easier. Sometimes there's the question of intensity. Uh, like Chris said, a, a scale uh, one to ten. If it's a four, we don't call it. I mean, but who's who's measuring the intensity of the push or or whatever it might be? Um, so, but to me, the obvious it's also the players, especially. In the Portuguese league, the players and the coaches, they suck in the sense that they don't help the referee at all. I mean, the last game we tied um, uh, away, um, it, Sporting, the, that game was 56 minutes played. A total of 56 minus 90, what is it, 44 minutes? Uh, 34 minutes? Uh, so, no, 44 minutes. So, 44 minutes we wasted because the home team was more concerned about getting the one point. So a lot of, a lot of times there's a lot of flopping going around. There's, there's, there's a lot of bullshit fouls that, that, that players, they, 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 they fake it. And then they put the referee in top position, in positions. Uh, if we expected the referee to be perfect with every call, well, it's not going to happen in Portugal. I mean, you're having a wild dream, like a threesome or something, because it's not going to happen. Because our players don't help the referees. The, the coaching staff don't help the, the, the referees. They're more concerned about if they're winning one nothing or 2-1 or 0-0 uh, and it's the end of the game, or burning time, or fucking up the, the, the amazing game of football, and which people go and pay for their ticket, than then actually play the football the way it's supposed to be played or, or, or you know, when there's a bone caller actually admitting it, saying, no, it's not a corner, it was off me. No, you'll see players saying, no, it was off him, and they know it was off them, lying, and we see it on TV. To me, that, that doesn't have the, 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 the uh, beautiful game of football. And I think we're focusing too much on the referees, but they should also have uh, conferences and meetings or whatever you want to call it. There's so many names to call it with players and coaches to stop with the bullshit fucking flopping fouls and make the, 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 the game of football beautiful again by just playing it and being honest. Maybe I'm asking for too much and maybe this will, will, will be impossible, but it, I would love to see it. It's like corruption in football. No one no one can tell me that the corruption doesn't exist. I think it does. And now corruption will find a way to adapt to the VAR. I hate to say it, but it's going to happen. 
uh, because it involves millions and millions of dollars or euros or whatever you want to call it. But that that's all. We shouldn't focus only the referees, but we should focus all, also on the players and the coaching. Yeah. Everyone is to blame. It's, it's, it's easy to blame the, the, the referees. You know why? Because the referees, don't, they don't belong to a team. So if it's a Sportingista, I'm going to attack the, the referee because it's easy. It's an easy target. But the players and, and the coaching staff are also to blame. And that's all, that's all I got to say. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. And uh, moving on. Well, let, to- let me just add one more thing. Yeah. Um, I think what kind of has flown under the radar a little bit, too, is the robbery that has occurred in some of the smaller games as a result of the VAR. Obviously, the main focus of you know Twitter and the fans, most of them are big three fans. So obviously, those are going to be the ones that more get hyper-focused on. But there has been some egregious VAR errors, in my opinion, in, in some of the other games throughout the season. Even today, there was a absolutely ridiculous handball on Vitoria Guimarães in the 93rd minute, and it went uncalled. It, I mean, if that, if, yes, if that happened in a Porto game or Benfica game, be like uh, the cover of a ball would be like robbery of the century, you know. Like, so we're not talking about it in those terms, but you know, like it, it, it is, it is kind of something that I think needs to be brought into the discussion more, especially in this whole discussion of VAR and its implementation as a whole. Because, I mean, they're still using the VAR in those games. I, I don't know if you guys remember. Uh, Bovista game, I believe it was, or earlier this season. The flag blocked the yeah. VAR camera, so they just couldn't review it. So they just they just called it a goal because yeah. the a flag was blocking the camera. Like crazy shit has has happened, and it's kind of flown under the radar unless you're you know really paying attention to some of this stuff. And um, you know, I, I think that uh, I think that the big three teams get the benefit of the doubt with the VAR more times than you know say Tondela does. You know. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, and from there, we move on a bit back to the game. Um, just sort of closing it off. Chris, I'll, I'll ask you this question. Did Spartan deserve to win? Like, do, did we have a good enough performance to win and it was just a bad night uh, in terms of finishing or was it just a, a, a really poor showing overall? Um, Sporting wasn't all um, that bad. I mean, I was expecting more. I was expecting them to... Um, to score a few goals. Uh, I, I was expecting them to win 3-1 like comfortably. Um, I was expecting them to to um, just have a game without the much of suffering that we had. Um, but yeah, so we, we did alright. We did not amazing, not, not bad. I think we did okay. Uh, could have done better since the players are, are playing uh, once a week. Um like they, like uh, Kaiser has been saying, uh, we created chances. Uh, the only problem is we're not finishing them. Uh, as you guys mentioned, Luis Felipe had a golden chance, which he hit the post. But those things happen. Uh, if you watch, uh, if you watch Liverpool, Everton, Salah was one on one with Pickford and they couldn't score. So, I mean, those things happen. Uh, but I just wish that Sporting. Were, became more clinical the same way they were clinical when Kaiser first started in the first seven, eight games. Uh, they, they would score goals, but now it's not happening. So uh, they need to see why, uh, what's happening. Uh, and 
we've got Bas Dost, which uh, was, who isn't very well, I think, mentally. I think he needs to gain confidence back. And oh. I feel like he was... Oh, for the center, yeah. it, it determined to be mentally, but if they pay me three million, I would be really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel when Basel's come, it will help as well. But yeah, I think yeah. sporting, we read okay. So, um, in summary, uh, we, we played okay. It's good as a meta. We got managed to get the three points. And um, let's hope for more wins, uh, especially away wins, because they're very rare for us. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and my last, my second last question, actually, before I ask all of you guys, I'll ask you this, Christian. Uh, next game. Let's let's um, hypothetically, of course, Baz Dost. Let's say he's out with the with that knee injury. Um, if it is true, or if it's just his confidence, but let's say he's not playing next game. Should we stick with Luis Philippe? Um, he did have a really bad miss, but like like Chris mentioned, it, it happens sometimes to the, even the best of players like Salah. Um, or do you think we should maybe dip into the under twenty threes? And you haven't been impressed. What what do you think? Yeah, uh, I I I don't know. If the solution is, is either of those things, really, I mean, Philippe, uh, he tries hard, but to me, uh, I just I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I don't know if he's sporting quality. Um, you know, he does have a, a, a incredible goal scoring record in the Segunda Liga, but I mean that that's a big jump. Um, so I mean, I mean, maybe even for a team like. Uh, you know, Gimenez or Pasfereira, they'd be in the or not not you new know, Gimenez, but I mean, maybe borderline Gimenez, maybe you know lower, you know like uh, you know Fadens or or Stubal, a team like that. Um, Pasfereira will be in the first division next year. Maybe he can go back there. I mean, I just don't, I don't see it. Um, and he wasn't he wasn't expensive, but at the same time, he wasn't cheap. I mean, he cost half a million. That's not that's not by no means uh, anything to scoff at. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sold on him. Um, you know, I think other options as far as not Basdost, obviously there's Pedro Mans or Pedro Marks, um, or you could maybe do a false nine with Bruno Fernandes as your furthest forward. Um, you know, Bruno Fernandes has has played up top before. He did a lot with George Jesus, Basdost, Bruno Fernandes up top in a four four two. So I mean, I honestly think that might be a better solution as opposed to sticking a 19-year-old to start the game in, in his first game ever because, I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of expectation on your shoulders, you know. So, uh, yeah, I personally think that, you know, maybe uh, Bruno Fernandes as, as the target forward in a 4-3-3 or uh, Bruno Fernandes as the furthest man forward in, in, in a false nine maybe would be all, all alternate solutions. Fair. Fair enough. Uh, Steph, uh, well, I'll ask all of you guys this, but um, who was your man of the match last night? Um, uh, to me, it was Acuna. Yeah, uh, uh, same here, actually. Christian, who was your man of the match? My man of the match is Kowats. Yeah, um, the one that had a good game. Yep. Yeah, and Chris, man of the match? Yeah, I was actually I was going to say Kowats as well for his attitude. Yeah, fair enough. Two, two, Honorable and, mentions to Bruno Fernandes, Rafinha. And Matthew, too. Matthew and had Acuna. A big stop yeah. in the back that could have led to a, to a... I think it was 2-1. It would have been 2-1. Yeah, yeah. Matthew over. was solid as well. Acuna, we mentioned him. I thought Borja played well as, uh, as well. Yeah, me too. Me too. That left side, you, you've seen the big difference uh, 
uh, Borja made when he left and Diaby came in, that left side was not mm -hmm. as uh, not as good as it once was, or as it was like throughout the entire game. Um, all right, cool. That, that's basically the Boa Vista game. Christian, I'm gonna pass it off to you really quick. Uh, give us uh, a quick little update on this uh, Josh Harris situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have much uh, for you guys. It's just a, an interesting little thing that I happen to see um, on on Bloomberg News of all places. Not exactly. I wouldn't be going there for, for any sort of other news other than maybe some financial stuff. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so it, it, it came out, uh, I think on Friday, that Josh Harris uh, and, his, and his business partner, David Blitzer, uh, were looking to sell their 36% share that they have of Crystal Palace. They bought the team in 2015, or they bought their, their almost a third, more than a third stake in 2015 and they're already looking to sell it um so i think that that just is interesting timing considering that these guys are considering putting 65 million into sport thing um at the same time that they're not thinking about selling crystal palace um also worth noting that um back when they invested in the team in 2015 one of their one of their i guess promises or one of their investment uh um, objectives was to get the team a new stadium built um here we are three years later, that new stadium hasn't been built, but there's been rumors about potential renovations in the near future. Um, so now that that's happening, it's interesting that these guys are looking to get out. Just something worth noting. I'm not really sure what these guys are up to, but their $65 million for Sporting is most definitely coming with strings attached, and it will just be a matter of time to see what they are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, all right, Steph, um, we're going to move a bit on to, uh, to uh, transfer news, unless you have anything to say about that. Um, but it, uh, even if you do, I'll, I'll ask the question anyways. Um, next year, our, our back line is, is looking a bit questionable. Um, rumors of uh, Matthews almost guaranteed sold at the end of the year or at the end of the, at the, end of the season. Kowatch is still up in the air, but... It, it, you know, Spartan needing money, maybe he'll or li he'll likely be sold. Um, also, rumors of Luis Neto coming in, and then even Neil Fernandes um, starting a preseason with us at the very minimum. Um, what are your thoughts on on our our, our future backline, our future defense? Um, how's it looking like for next season? Okay, before I get into that, the only thing I wanted to say about the Boavista game for sure. is. Uh, I hate to play. Uh, yeah, starting playing with ten players. Yeah, uh, Good Goodelchi should never. He should never be a soccer player, a football player. Maybe he would be a good. Uh, I don't know, handball player or, <laughs> but badminton, uh, table tennis. But but definitely not <laughs> not football. Uh, Some good like, news. Quick, just sorry, just because you're on Goodelchi, he doesn't play next game. He got a yellow. Oh, uh, nice. That's he, good. He didn't deserve to see the yellow, but I'm not complaining. Uh, I'm so, not complaining at all. He doesn't play. He doesn't play. That's good for us. So with that said, I think Dumbia should be given a fair chance to play 90 minutes. Yeah. That's that's why I want, I want to talk about that. And then our offensive line, Luis Fleep is not the answer at all. He's, a, he's maybe good for as a backup, but he, he can handle the pressure. We could see it. Maybe he needs a couple more months, but I don't think so. Um, and then to answer your question, um, 
yeah, Macho, he, he has been giving hands. He wants to go back to, to his native country, France. I mean, let's take into account he's 34 years old, so he wants to go back home, and he wants to be an influence to the youth. Uh, I forget which team it is. Uh, is it Bordeaux or uh, I forget? Uh, but he wants to go back to his roots and, uh, and, and be some kind of a coach for the youth. Um, so we can, we can hold it against him. Um, yeah, so ba basically he wants to hang it up. Uh, then Kwats, uh, if we get the right amount for him, why not sell him? I mean, I would prefer to keep him, of course. He's a top quality, world-class player. But, you know, um, we, have, uh, we have amazing um, center backs uh, loaned, like Ivanil Fernandes to Moreirense, uh, Duarte to Coruña. Uh, and if those, two, if those two young players, they come, they'll give me the guarantees I need. Uh, I would bet on them. I would. And then in the, in the uh, under-23, we have uh, Juan Silva, Juan Queiroz. They're very consistent as well. Um, so I don't think we have a problem in the centre-back position. Even if we, if we sell uh, Machu, I don't think we'll sell him. I think he'd just be the end of his contract. And, yeah. um, and, and even if we lose quads, uh, it's a risk. Yes, it is, of course. And I think that's why they're getting Net, Luis Net, because Annette, apparently he signed for three years. Uh, because he brings experience, and he'll be a good fit uh, uh, replacing uh, Machir. But at the same time, he's an older player, so most likely he's more um, exposed to injuries. But I'm super excited. I mean, I don't know if you, if you looked uh, at the uh, even the Fernandes playing Mourinense. He's been phenomenal. Phenomenal. He's been one of their better players this season. I'm telling you. And then uh, Duarte in Coruña, it's the second division of Spain, but the second division of Spain is like almost equivalent to our first division. He's been, he's been playing with full confidence and phenomenal too. So they're both getting a lot of minutes, a lot of experience. Uh, so I'm super excited if they do come back and it looks like they are. So I'm, I'm not going to hit the, the panic button at all, even if we lose Coates. Uh, I mean, he's got to be making what two point five million, three million, maybe. He's one of the top uh, paid uh, athletes we have. So, we the ne next year it's reconstruction, and I don't like what Kazi is doing now. W what are we fighting for? The third and the fourth position, which is the same shit. It gives you the same access to league Europa. I mean, you don't get a bronze medal if you finish third. So I don't, I don't care if we finish third or fourth. So, so me personally, if I was Kaiser, I would make experiments with the youth that we have in the under-23 team, like, like Bifika's doing. There's a reason why Bifika in the under-23, they're in last place. It's because they're basically using all the players in their A-team, which is okay. Because if you follow football the way you're supposed to, you don't just make fun of a team. Aha, Bifika now sucks in the under-23. That's, that's actually the, a silly uh, vision. It means that you don't know nothing about football because they're using those plays in the A-team. That's why now it's a weaker team. And Sporting now looks stronger because we demoted uh, Zouavan Cabral and Miguel Luis. So now we look stronger. Players that should be in the A-team and, and Kaiser should be using them and should, should be uh, 
doing experiments with with our future, uh, the the probable probable uh, uh, players for the season nine, 2019 2020. And uh, and that's it. That's all I gotta say. All right, sweet. I think I lost you guys for a second, but uh, I'm back. Hey, don't worry about it. I was talking a lot, so. No, no problem at all, buddy. Um, that's perfect. That's perfect, though. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, quick, yeah, uh, just quickly, I wanted to ask Chris on his opinion on um, this new signing or potential new signing. I guess nothing's official yet, though most places are, are reporting it. Uh, Luis Neto. Chris, we, we obviously know Luis Neto a bit from uh, from his time for on the Slesson. Um, maybe even some Champions League games if, if people have watched uh, or if you've watched Zenit o- over the years. Um, what is your opinions on uh, 30-year-old uh, Luis Neto? Um, okay, so I think it comes as a as a backup option. Um, he has experience. He's Portuguese, so uh, he'll probably settle well or quicker than um, a foreign player. Um However, yeah, I, I, w- I would lie if I said if I know him very, very well. I know him when he played for Portugal. Mm. Um, I, f- I feel like it's an option, but it's an option as some as Sporty wants to um, want to have some of his some of their players back, some of the young players on loan, like Ivanildo, like uh, Domingos Duarte. Uh, it's a it's a it's a shame that Demi Ralph's been sold. Um, I, I was actually a fan of him. I thought he would do well on the sports team, but I hope he does well in, in the future. But yeah, so we've got so Domingos Duarte, we've got um, Ivanildo coming back, and I hope that uh, both Quartes and Matthew stay. I'm not sure if we get both. Yeah. Um, but if one of them is sporting, is expecting one of them to leave, I think Luis Neto, it's a backup. Uh, I hope I hope it's cheap. Yeah, I think it'll be free, free transfer, and uh, hopefully his his salary won't be too high. So that could be a cheap, uh, a cheap backup option for us to have. Yeah, uh, agreed. And uh, the last thing I'll, I'll mention about the, our back line or about Quats really, uh, Joel De Silva actually mentioned it earlier on on our chat, uh, and it actually cracked me up. He said, uh, Quats will be sold for a six-pack of Superbock and a jar of Termos. <laughs> but knowing this, knowing this administration, maybe. Uh, Christian, actually, last question, I'll, I'll give it to you. Um, uh, barring any... any purchases let's just say Luis Neto's already signed on um your four for next season not counting on uh not counting on Quach and, and Mathieu who's your four center backs uh well I guess Neto then uh even Yildiz Fernandes mm-hmm. uh Domingos Duarte and then I think you got to go to the market uh okay. for, an, for another one um yeah I mean obviously Abdu Conte is an option uh Depends if we're going to play three at the back. Borja could slide in there. You have Elordi as well. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, of those, I mean, who's the starters there? Neto, Andy Lodi? That scares the shit out of me, you know? Yeah. You're not going to win a title. I mean, Porto has Philippe and Pep, and we have Elordi and Neto. Like, it's not even comparable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And uh, all right, let's move on to uh, the Twitter questions. We had 
uh, quite a few before we get into modalidades. Give me, uh, give me, give me one second. Força, bro. Okay, so Luis Net, just to have a little bit of background on him. So he was born in 1988. He's 30 years old, like you said. His first team was uh, Povet Verzin. Yep. From 2006 to 2011, then he went to Nacional for one season, 2011-2012. Then he went to Siena, Italy, for one season. Then he went to Zenit, and he's been there for for a little while. Then he went to Fenerbahce of Turkey. Yeah. And uh, that that's then he was in the Portuguese uh, national team under 20 four times, under 21 four times, and the uh, A squad. It's less than 19 times. That's did he did he win the Euros with us? Actually, I can't remember now. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he did. Before, I don't think he did. Yeah. I don't think I so. Remember. No. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so either. Fair. Um, but he has been. You know, he, he is a he is still a less than defender. He he's featured a few times here and there, or, or at least been called So. Um, oh, oh, and and he's six two. So. Yeah, which is yeah. a big a big, big thing, thing for us. Yeah, it's yeah. a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, um, we'll move on to the Twitter questions. Um, Chris, I'll start off with you for this first one. It's coming. It comes in from Spartan CP Youth at Spartan CPY on Twitter, and he asks: At which position or positions uh, do we need new players, and which players do you want to see at Spartan? Realistically, okay. of course, you can't say like Ronaldo and Messi because that'd be too easy, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um... Sporting. So, if Coates or Matthew, uh, if one of them are leaving, so we definitely need um, another player. Um, I think Neto will be, as I said, a cheap solution. And then hope that even Nildo and Domingos Watkins are able to. Uh, get, we hope that we they've, they've acquired enough experience to be able to play for us now. Um, I think as a right back, I believe that Bruno Gaspar he hasn't he hasn't been great. So I think, think we should sell him. Uh, Theory Correa should be promoted, but then again, you, you never know when you when you uh, when you promote uh, teenagers. I think it's nineteen or twenty. I think he turned turned twenty the other day. Not quite mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, so I think maybe another right back to just be safe. Or or actually uh, think about it. Uh we've got we've got what's his name? Uh playing for Aves. Um Oh uh, Mama Balde. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Him. Yeah, good he, shout too. He, he's been playing as a winger, but originally he played as a as a right fullback. So mm-hmm. I I'd like to see him back as well. So uh depending on the financial situations you could Go for the market and get a good player. We could try. I mean, the preseason is there for that. So the preseason, we could try to see how mature those players are and see if we need to get someone else or not. Um, I believe we need another number six because I don't think Goodell is doing a good job. Uh, Dubia seems exciting. I, th- I think it's, it's good. Uh, but then again, we need backup because if you want to. Compete in all the competitions. He needs he needs uh, a good squad depth. So uh, number six, uh, I haven't got any names to be honest. Brun Pais. Brun Pais. Yes. Yeah. Brun Pais. I love Brun Pais, man. I hope yeah. the preseason he plays. Yeah. I hope uh, all uh, the many of uh, 
your youngsters, a home yeah. player. They've got they get chances to show show they've got. Um, Bruno Fernandez, I think he will leave. Um, he's very good, and uh, actually for Sporting, I would love if we did like Leipzig did with uh, Nabi Keita. So you sell him, let's say he goes next year. So that would be perfect because uh, a lot of times players they they will devalue. Uh, William Carvalho had big teams going after him, and then eventually he got West Ham going after him. And then Betis. So I feel like unless you're in the Champions League and and uh, it will be very hard for him to have another season like this. I mean, you never yeah. know because last season was good. I didn't think it would do as well as he's doing now. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so someone to replace him if he leaves. Um, there is this midfielder that played for Dinamo Zagreb that played against Benfica. Apparently, uh, this meant to be amazing. So, so I, I just hope that they've got good scouts. And of oh, course, yeah. we need. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I heard about him. He's at the same age as John John Felix. Felix he, yeah. I think he's a bit older. Yeah, it's Dami, Danny Almo or something like that. Or Itali- Alma. Italiano, Italiano. I oh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Spanish, Spanish. Yeah, they, sp- I think Spanish, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the coach was bragging about him, saying if this guy played in, uh, in Benfica, he would be worth it, the same thing as Ron Felix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a decent yeah. player, to be fair. The guy, but... But yeah, so yeah. So uh, I, I, hope, I hope I hope we get quality. Because if you want to lose Bruno Fernandes, you cannot have uh, someone that like a gamble. Uh, it has to be... I mean, every player is a gamble, but hopefully a safe one. So yeah. spend... You're selling for 60 million, 70 million, spend another eight, ten to make sure that our, qual- our quality doesn't go down too, too much. Um, wingers as well. I guess Mateus, Mateus Pereira will get some opportunities next year, but we might need uh, another one. And we need to see how Plata, Gonzalo Plata is as well. So, um, and then something we definitely need is, is striker. Uh, 100% sure we need a striker uh, because if Pazos doesn't turn up or if he sold anything, I don't think we've got someone with the quality to to help us achieve our goals. And actually, goal-wise, we could give Maximiano a few uh, opportunities as well, uh, like we did to Patricio. Um, otherwise, I'm not quite sure if we should buy another keeper or use No, 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 I agree with you. It should be Maxi. I, mean, I don't even know why we we, we told uh, Sturil that uh, we want to stay with uh, Ribeiro. I yeah. mean, unless, <laughs> un- unless, unless uh, Salah is leaving, then I kind of understand. Yeah, then, same. Then, I was just about to say that. Yeah, because we have uh, we still have uh, another great uh, goalie, Stokovic. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, he's another great goalie, but I think Maxi is on point. He's on point to start in the, in the in the Portuguese league. I mean, we're talking about the goddamn Portuguese league. It's not the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, all right, Christian, I'll give you this next question. It's uh, from Kevin Fernandes, who's actually on our chat right now uh, at Kev One and Naru Six on Twitter. Uh, he asks, "How would you fix the issues with refereeing?" as there is a lot of controversy surrounding the refs, especially after Casilla's comments yesterday. So we saw, we kind of discussed it a bit, but like, I guess, point form, sort of. Uh, what, what what do you think? Um, well, first off, I think they need to start enforcing the standards 
uh, equally across the board. Um, you know, I think that a PK against Porto should be a PK against Tondela when they're playing Santa Clara as well, you know. So I think, first off, it's important to enforce it equally. And, um, you know, I think that the referee, if there's a decision that he's listening in his ear for, for two, three minutes, at that point, man, just go fucking look at it yourself. You know, I don't, I don't get it. Like, you're standing there with your finger on their earpiece for – for three minutes like you could have watched it by now yourself yeah. you know like so just just go take a peek at it i don't get it you have those tools at your disposal you should be be taking advantage of them all so yeah i mean it's going to be difficult to completely you know eradicate all of the irregularities but uh you got to use the tools available that, at your disposal to to you know to try to get all the calls right you can yeah for sure and uh, this last question, uh, I'll actually give it to all of us. Um, it's from Joel De Silva, who is uh, on our in our chat um, at Joe Leong underscore oh seven three on Twitter. Uh, he asks, "What are your happiest, proudest moments of being a Sporting fan?" Uh, Steph, I'll start that one off with you, man. Well, the the uh, the happiest time for me was uh, was when my father took me to my first game, which was a long time ago, was in Agda. Uh, for the Portuguese Cup, I was uh, I was a little far. Um, <laughs> I I couldn't even you know um, I didn't even have Pintage. Uh so uh, that was that was an amazing game because the 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 stadium was small but it was packed, and it was an old stadium uh, made of concrete, no seats, nothing at all. But um, of course, I was on the side of Sportingistas, and all I saw was green and white. And I instantly fell in love with Sporting at that moment, that day. And uh, I think that game, Jordan scored uh, twice. So we're talking about a long, a long time ago. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, th- th- that was that was the moment. And by the way, Joel, uh, you'll be our next our next guest next time. For sure. Yeah. Um, Christian, I'll, I'll same question, bro. Happiest, proudest memories of being a Sporting fan. Um, that run up until the Europa League final in 2005 was one of my earlier memories, and that was pretty fun. We've had we had yeah, pretty uh pretty good turnarounds on, on the road to that. I believe we came from behind against Fire Nord and uh, against Newcastle United as well with Alan Shearer up top. I mean, that was a great Newcastle team, and we turned the results on them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was pretty, pretty proud. Uh, uh, even when we made it out of the group stage in the Champions League for the first time and got absolutely battered by Bayern Munich, I was still proud. Um, you know, having success at, in the European level is always, you know, a sense of pride for your club. Um, yeah, I mean, as and even uh, some of our cup triumphs, um, two thousand. 14 final where we were down 2 0 with 10 men. Oh, yeah. And uh, Montero or Slimani scored the first one, and then Montero scored in stoppage time. We won in PKs. Uh, that was a great, that was a great memory, too. That was our first trophy that we'd won in like seven years, and that was really, really one of the, one of the more memorable, memorable games in, in the past few years. Yeah. And uh, even uh, I think 2008 cup final um, against Porto, we won that. Um, there's been more devastating moments for sure, but uh, there's, been, <laughs> there's, been some good ones, there's been some good ones along the road as well. 
Yeah, that just makes it just makes it worth it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Chris, same question, bro. Uh, what's your happiest, proudest memories of being a Spartan fan, bro? Okay. Um. Um. There are a few. Um. This year, uh, it was the League Cup, so we won the League Cup. I was very happy because before the season started, I I thought to myself we were gonna finish six or something. We're gonna have a terrible season. And then we actually won the League Cup, and then we beat uh, Braga, then we beat Porto. Um, even though it was a penalties, I was very, I was, I was so happy because uh, even my my friends that's uh, Benfica fans, and they say, "Oh, you guys deserve it after everything that happened. You guys deserve to win." So yeah, I was very proud this year, and uh, of course, uh, our European campaign with Jorge Jesus as well against games against Real Madrid, Juventus. I think I think those those were really good. Um, I just finished my I just finished my master's in university, so um, I finished like six months ago. So, so this was when I was at university. I used to tell all my friends that support my United Chelsea. I said this sporting is bad. I said if if you guys if you guys play against us, we will beat you like three <laughs> three nil or something. And <laughs> so I just talk so much. I used to say, oh, if sporting was in the Premier League, we'd finish third or second. <laughs> And uh, I mean, they they would be like, "Wow, this guy's passionate." And now, uh, uh, it's a shame that those guys, uh, Joseph Martins and Rafael Liao, that they terminated their their contract, because I talked about sporting players so much to my friends, literally, even the girls as well. Like, look, let me show you which YouTube video real quick of our players. This guy is will be the next big thing. So yeah, so um, I was very proud of the team under Bruno Carvalho. Uh, the European campaigns were just amazing, and and when you live abroad, you want your friends will be like, oh, if you say, oh, we want the league cup, they'll be like, oh, but that's that's Portugal, but uh, but when when they see you, uh, mm-hmm. playing that way that we played against Juventus, um, uh, playing the way we played against Atletico, etc., they they're like, oh wow, and actually they 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 watch the games, they they said they start watching the sporting games in, in Europe, they said, wow, sport is actually much. Much better than four. They played against Juventus like equal. Yeah. So they, they were impressed. So yeah, I was very proud. I was proud of that. Yeah. And uh, quickly to me, um, yeah, say, uh, same with you, Chris. Uh, I also have a bunch of buddies here that are, you know, either Chelsea fans, United fans, Juve fans. I just started working at an Italian restaurant. So I have to deal with like Juve fans and all of them. And, uh, you know, when, whenever I say, you know, I support a Portuguese team, they're like, oh, which one, Befica or, or Porto? I'm like, buddy, don't ever bring up that garbage around me, you know? So, uh, yeah, I also got a bunch of Canadians saying Viva Sporting all around Toronto, actually. But uh, my proudest moment would probably be, um, <laughs> or at least the happiest moment, I, I think, would be that that, that Casa Portugal comeback. Uh, just because, uh, I, listen, I thought it was, you know, typical Sporting performance. We were going to, against you know, Braga against Braga and we yeah. were going to fuck this up and then we would have to hear Salvador uh, you know talking all the time and uh these Lampions supporting their B team and um the the red card on Cedric was also super bullshit and um or, well it wasn't bullshit but anyways long story short you know to have that comeback in the last 10 minutes and then go to penalties and be as confident as we were and 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 some of the players putting in a performance like uh, if I'm not mistaken, Carlos Manet played right back towards the end of the game and he was fucking killing it. And um, it was a happy moment, man. I, and, uh, 
you know, at least the most recent happy moment I've had uh, supporting, not most recent, but uh, one of the happier moments I had supporting Sporting that comes to recent memory. Um, before we get into the to the previews and predictions of uh, Santa Clara, um, Steph, I'll, I'll throw it off to you, bro. Give me uh, some the updates on the modalidades, bro. Okay, so I'm going to wing it. I don't have my computer in front of me. I'm away in the Navy, but... So the the uh, the juniors uh, under nineteen we got spanked five one against football club Porto. Yeah, but th- that happens a lot in the youth. Uh, and to be fair, they have they have some kid that uh, looks like the next big deal. I forget his name now, but uh, from that Porto. Yeah, he looks yeah. good, bro. Yeah. Uh, no, we do too. We have a Ganesh. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's been scoring to, uh, two uh, to in two games in a row. Uh, in the uh, Juvenis, we won 4-1, so we finished in first place. We're moving on to the phase of the Campeões Nacionais. That's the, the last phase. Iniciados, we tied, and we moved on to uh, the same phase as well. So uh, all three, uh, under-19, under-17, and under-15, they all in the qualify for the final phase to become champion of Portugal. And typically, it's always against Benfica, Porto, um, Braga, Guimarães, and Belenense. So we'll, um, I don't know offhand the other teams, but for sure it's Sporting, Porto, and Benfica in the all three. Uh, <clears throat> under 23, we we missed goals after goal after goal, and we tied against Studio. Uh, so we missed the chance to be in first place uh, with Riwav. It's a shame. Um, okay, Patins, we, we won against the German team, and we played our B squad, actually. I, that game didn't really matter. Our, our next opponent would be Lodi from Italy for the quarterfinals. So it, it should be uh, two exciting games, but we are better than them. But still, we have to play 100% to move on to the semifinals of uh, the league, uh, the champions of Okim Patins. Um, <clears throat> in volleyball, uh, we lost uh, the semifinal against Monza, the Italy. But uh, today we won against Ismuris. And yesterday, too, for the uh, Portuguese Championship, uh, which now we're in the final, uh, we're in the playoffs, and we will play in volleyball against uh, uh, Sporting Spinho. Um, uh, and then uh, for the game today, it's very typical for volleyball to have two games, one day after the other. It's very typical. Uh, today, they played against, against Ismuri, but for the Portuguese Cup, and now they're in the final four of the Portuguese Cup. So. Very confusing, but I think I got it down. Um, then uh, we in uh, handball, I know we lost against Mifika, and it sucks, 26-25. Uh, yeah. But it's it's not the end of the world because Mifika is basically out of the title race. We have one game behind, which uh, it's against uh, the, uh, the last uh, place team, which we're going to play them, I believe, on Wednesday. Uh, if we win, we'll be in first place because we have better results against Football Club Porto. And then we have a favorable uh, calendar, meaning that if we win the remaining of our games, uh, then we'll be champion of Portugal once again. Uh, so we, we're in good shape in handball. I, I'm predicting that we'll be champions of Portugal because we already played against Porto. We already played against uh, uh, Benfica. And typically, the, 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 the most difficult team after them is Aguasantes, and they, they haven't been playing well. I don't know if what's going on, uh, but they've been losing a lot of games. Uh, then um, in, um, in futsal, uh, like Chris mentioned, we won 
5-4 against Luis Polsalvo. That was a tough game, actually. Uh, but we won, so that's all that matters. Um, and, am I forgetting another modality, or I got them all? Uh, I think I got them all. Yeah, I think so, too. Oh, all right. Uh, oh, uh, and table, table tennis. Uh, table tennis. We lost at home 3-2 against the, the, the French. I'm not going to curse them out because I'm partially French. I was born there. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, we gave, we, it was, it was a, a, a tough, 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 uh, tough games against tough opponents. They have an amazing player from, um, even though it's a French team, the top player they have, it's from the UK. He's, he was phenomenal. That is high ranked. It's like number 30 something. And then they, they had another great player from uh, Belgium. They had also a Chinese player. Uh, but, you know, with a little bit of luck in France, we might be able to pull it off. So it, it, took, it took up to the last game for them to win. So it was very, very, very tough. And uh, best of luck to them. Yeah, for, uh, for sure. Um, all right, and let's move on to uh, our game on Friday. Um, it is, uh, it'll be at four, I believe, here. Uh, in the East Coast. Let me double check that real quick. 4.30. With yeah, the four-hour four th time difference. Exactly. So 4.30 here, and it'll be 8.30 in uh, Portugal. Um, so, uh, Christian, I'll start it off with you, bro. Um, predictions and preview of uh, Sporting Santa Clara. Um, yeah, last time, or I guess the first time we played them uh, in the Azores, um, it was, they gave us some problems and, uh, we were, uh, we were fortunate to take three points, obviously traveling that far, uh, put us at a disadvantage. I, if I recall correctly too, it was super windy as well. Who was made, the coach? The coach of that game, uh, was it Diego Fernandes? You it got was, it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, if I remember, if I remember correctly, uh, um, yeah, it was super windy and rainy too. So conditions weren't great. We had a long flight there. So, I mean, uh, you know, I, I expect us to win, uh, cause all those factors will be, uh, in reverse, uh, now because they'll have, they'll be the ones having to, to make the long, the long plane ride. So, uh, but at the same time, they've, uh, they've had themselves a very respectable season. Um, it's not a bad team at all. Um, and, uh, I think they play Benfica tomorrow? Am I, am I correct with that? Uh, yeah, I think so. No, no, no. Tomorrow, Benfica. Oh, Bill Bill Nance. Nance. Yeah. Bill Nance. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. They played, they played uh, yesterday or the day before. They tied. Okay. They played today, actually. Sorry. They tied against Avs. Okay. Yeah. Zero. So, yeah, I mean, it, I think I expect it to be a, a good game. I think that they're one of the, the better teams outside of the big three. Um, I think that they're definitely a top top half team, so I think they're one of the top eight squads this season. So it definitely won't be easy, and you know we'll make a meal out of any any game possible. So it's not like the opposition even matters, <laughs> really. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see. Hopefully, we get to see Dumbia for for ninety minutes. Um, if Baz Doss plays, hopefully he got his shit together this week over his week off. Um, I personally don't think he was actually hurt. I just think that he was given a a, a game off, basically, to kind of get his head straight. And uh, I agree with that decision. And then they just said, oh, yeah, he uh, he had tweaked his knee. So uh, I think that's just them covering for him. 
Um, it's smart. I mean, he the man needed a, a game off. If you put him out there again and he was shit again, you're just making his his confidence worse. True. And then uh, benching him might might not help him. Yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah, That's and fair. having him in the team and, and sitting on the bench also. So just just give him the game off. Yeah. Um, it gave us an opportunity to see Philippe. We, obviously, he didn't show anything. Um, I don't know if he has it. So uh, obviously, maybe if the injury is actually real, um, we'll see if he's fit. Personally, I don't think it is. So I think that we should expect to see him again. Um, but yeah, hopefully Rafinha starts over Diaby. Um, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I think that we have uh, the ability to get three points. Uh, I'm waiting for Braga to, dra- to drop points so that uh, we can kind of take advantage and gain some ground on them. Uh, they, uh, they had a hotly contested Mingyu Derby this weekend, and I was hoping they would at least draw. Um, yeah, but they are uh, – we're, we're keeping pace, but the gap is still still three points. So Yeah. We, we lost points when we really shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Against Maritimo. Yeah. And uh, sorry, did you say score prediction? Oh, no, I didn't. Um, what do you think? I'm going to go – Three two. Three two. Uh, um a bit more high scoring. Uh I think that Bruno Fernandes scores. I think that Rafinha scores. And I think that Borja scores. Uh Steph, I'll give it off to you before I pass it off to Chris and let him have the, the last word. So you want me to, to, to Just tell quick- you Preview and predictions of uh, of uh, Santa Clara. What you're expecting or what you think the score will be? 3-1. 3-1. All right. Short, sweet, and simple stuff. I like that. And uh, Chris, I'll get, let the last words be for you, man. What What do you think? What are you um, – predictions on uh, the Santa Clara game? And uh, what do you think we're, we're going to come up against? Okay. Um, sporting at home is – they're different. It's like yeah. you've got – the five infinity stones, like they're they're good. <laughs> um, Thanos, uh, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, it's sporting at home. I think it's the the twelve uh, player, the fans. I think yeah, that's the factor that makes them extra motivated, and they play um, comfortably. They play well. Uh, not always, but uh, I'm going for for win. Well, it's a two goal difference, so I think I'll go with a. Uh, Three, three, one. I believe Basdos will come back, come back stronger than ever. <laughs> He'll score two goals, and the other goal will be scored by Bruno Fernandez. Um, as Christian said, it will be very exciting to see Dumbia play for ninety minutes. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he, we haven't seen much, but from what we've seen, he seems to be a good signing. So I'm looking forward to see. Uh, to see him play for a full match. I hope he plays for a full match. And yeah, so for one, Sporty wins. Um, and I hope that the fans fill the stadium because it does make a difference for, for the team. Well, Sporting is what the fans is, is not a not club. So I hope, because I think last time they got 25,000. Am I, am I right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I hope I hope the team gets more support. I understand that people are not happy with how things are going, but I think that support will help the team, and then and then we'll see what happens. 
Yeah. Well, de- well, Danny, a shout out to our fans at Boavista because I could hear them at home. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I seen a picture of um, mm-hmm. a comparison of to last night's game and then last year's game at the Bessa, and uh, you can tell there's a lot of uh, I don't know a lot of our fan base is sort of given up or or just aren't following the the soccer team as much. There was also um, some of the clocks divided uh, between football and uh, and um, handball that was playing at the same time. So um, that's sort of why. Uh, there wasn't as many pl- as many fans out, but yeah, definitely a, a special shout out to to Boavista, um, a, a big fan base in, in Portugal and uh, a historic club, um, you know, as well. Yeah, but uh, with the, I, I just want to say mention something that Chris and Chris said, which I totally sure. agree with them. Dumbia should play. I, I know I said it quite a few times, but not only Dumbia. Now it's a time for Kaiser to experiment some of our youth. Give them a chance. I mean, uh, why not give a chance to Pedro Mendes, to Pedro Marx? What's holding you back? Give them a chance. Brun Paz, Thierry, uh, Correa. Give them a chance. Now it's the time. See what they got. Put them under pressure in, in these games at home. Uh, I mean, we have nothing to lose. We have nothing to gain. Pumurirense uh, uh, is 10 points away. Vitor um, Guimarães is 14 points away. Uh, so... The, the third place, like I said before, does it really matter if we finish third or floor, fourth? We're not going to mm. get to second position or the first position. I mean, Porto just won today. So, I mean, yeah. all, all I got to say is I want Kaiser to be uh, adventurous and, uh, and start building the team now. You have nine games left. Start your preseason earlier. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I would agree with you, man. I think that, yeah, we need a lot more rotation, especially in that midfield. Um, yeah. Why Gudeli plays every 90 minutes? Why Sheik Gerald can't, you know, fucking... Wendell is gassed, too. Yeah, and it's not like Wendell's been playing bad. He hasn't, but you can, you know, you can tell he's lost a bit of that, uh, I don't know, that, like, energy that he had earlier on. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's this knee, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's, uh, he still plays with bandages on his knee since that knee injury. Um, man, like, you know, it, it's sort of a flashback to, to George Zouj, um, but it's even worse because, you know, under George Zouj, at least we were winning games and now it's, um, we're not winning games so comfortably at least. Um, but, it, but it's, it ain't like we don't have solutions. I mean, we yeah, don't, exactly. We do. We don't, we don't Braganza. Why didn't we keep, keep him? Cause oh, we want to give him minutes, but that's, there's a solution. Braganza could play the position of Wendell. Yeah. But I mean, we have Sheikh Gerald on the bench that can play the position of Wendell that isn't even being played. Exactly. You know, exactly. and Miguel Luis, who's been faded out of the team since scoring a Golasso. And Bruno Paz in, in, in uh, the under number 23s, six. who's looked good enough. Another Bruno number pa- six. But Bruno Paz can yeah. play number eight. Definitely yeah. can play number eight. But yeah. Bruno Paz, when he played number six in the last in the last league at up, he played well. Yeah. Great, great vision. He wasn't uh, passing the ball backwards or to the side. He actually had a vision, uh, you know, going deep. Yeah. And if you motivate these young players, then they'll be super. That's what Befica did. Befica, all they did was, you know what? Uh, uh, Bruno Laj, he said, I know the players in the under 23. Trust me. And they said, okay, so let's go with uh, your intuition. So he promoted a bunch of youth that they were getting paid 3,000 euros a month. They started playing with like they never played before. 
They bettered their salary conditions. And look at them. They took off. They're playing well. It doesn't, it doesn't mean they're not going to crash towards the end because they had a, a little bit of uh, a kick in the ass against uh, uh, Zagreb when they lost one nothing and they played like shit last game. But, you know, if you take into account that the trip was long and all that stuff, I'm, I believe if you can lose the win against them, they're not a big team anyway. Yeah. But with all, all that said is uh, a lot of Sportingistas would like to see Kaiser bet on the youth. And I'm pretty sure the three of you agrees with me. Why not? We only have nine games left. We yeah. got the fourth position already. So try the youth. Try a few players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I just add, yeah, I was, I, was actually, sure. I was saying that the other day as well to, to a guy on Twitter. I said, uh, doesn't mean we need, we'll play all the youth, but maybe two or three changes, let's say, uh, instead of Rostovsky, we could play Fury Correa, and then on the 70th minute, uh, Bruno Pass could come on, because that way, those players will get used to play uh, those big games, because it's not the same when they play for the under-23s. Uh, you have well, you have a stadium of 30,000, 40,000 people watching you. You know, you've been watching TV. So I feel like if they introduce to the game, they will feel more comfortable and that will help them grow. So for next season, it will be easier for them to step, step up. And uh, as Steph said, I completely agree. They need to feel like they are backed. They need to feel like we trust them. We have confidence. Because that way, it makes them want to show themselves and not play... Uh, with caution, try not to make mistakes, but rather just there to to uh, to do their best and uh, put in effort. Because as I said, we've got nine games left. Might as well start giving, start showing us some some new some new players. Yeah, gamble a little. Maybe yeah. he needs to go to Atlantic City. For this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and with that being said, Chris. Uh, we just want to thank you for coming on. It's been a it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, you're a grand sportingista. Keep it up, buddy. Thank you for following uh, us. For thank you for following us. Exactly. So active on Twitter. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, man. Uh, thank say, you. Uh, uh, I, I, I was very I was very uh, pleased with when you guys uh, invited me for for this um, because it's amazing. I speak to other sportingistas, and so yeah, thanks a lot for 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 the invite for the opportunity. Uh, it's been, I just look at the clock, it's been one hour, 36 minutes, but it felt like it was 20 minutes. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> that's, how these things, that's how these things happen, man. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, man. Always flies. The, the other day I was catching up on, on, one, on one of yours. Uh, it was, I think it was one hour, 44 minutes. I think uh, last, um, our last week one. And, and, and yeah, I was like, oh, it's long. But then I put it on, and then I just, I was just listening to it. I, I didn't, didn't feel like I was like, oh, I enjoy this. This is quite good. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, bro. Thank, thanks it, so much it, for it, this. It, it makes my day. You know, yeah, it makes sure. my day. <laughs> Same. Same. Thanks. Anyways, thanks, Chris, for coming on. Christian, Steph, thanks as always. Everybody in the chat: Caputo, Kevin, Joel, Abdallah. Uh, I'm probably forgetting a few more. Sorry if I am. Uh, thank you guys for interacting with us as always. You can always get us on uh, Spartan 160, or sorry, at Spartan 160 underscore EN um, on Twitter. Um, and yeah, guys, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll be on soon. And uh, of course, Vivo Spartan, Forza.
Send us a forward. DM. Send us a DM if you want to be a guest, and we'll be True. glad to have you on the show. For sure, for sure. And Joel De Silva, I don't know if we're still on the chat, bro, but we'll see you next week, bro. <laughs> All and right, then, ciao. Sorry, and go. Then, and then my man from uh, from Jordan. Ah, uh, yeah, Abdallah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Ab- sure, Abdal- Abdallah, and also Caputo because he's always on Twitter. My for man. sure, for sure. Yeah. I think Caputo's near you, or if I'm not ma- if I'm not mistaken, Capado, I should say. Sorry. Okay. I think he's near you, or maybe he's Boston area, actually. Never mind. Anyways, whatever. Maryland, I think. Maryland, okay. Whatever. Here, anyways, guys, we'll see you soon, and ciao. Viva Sporting. Viva Sporting.